So just to give a brief recap of what I talked about last week, we were in Romans chapter 11 and Mark chapter 4, and we talked about the role faith plays in abiding. Because bearing fruit, as Jesus said, you have to abide in me to bear fruit. If you don't abide in the vine, you cannot bear fruit. So faith plays a role in abiding in the vine, abiding in Christ, so that we can be fruitful. Now, Abraham's faith, as we talked about last week, was like the root of a cultivated olive tree. And the Jews were the natural branches. And some of the Jews were broken off due to unbelief. The Gentiles were considered part of a wild olive tree and were grafted in by faith. And are abiding in the cultivated olive tree by faith. Because the Gentiles are also heirs to the same promise as the natural branches of the cultivated olive tree in the seed of Abraham, through the seed of Abraham, which is Christ. But there we only abide in that olive tree by faith. I also touch on the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires of other things. And what these things do distract us from abiding. If you are distracted, you cannot continue in faith because you cannot abide in Christ and be a living sacrifice and simultaneously enamored with the things of the world. You can't abide and also be caught up in the things of the world. That means you are double-minded. And the Bible clearly says that a double-minded man, a double-minded person would, n- would not receive anything from the Lord. So that means if you're double-minded, you're not abiding in faith. So it's important that we don't allow the cares of the world, the distractions from this world system, to prevent us from abiding. Several weeks ago when I started this uh, part 6 on bearing fruit, Jesus said in John 15 chapter 1 something very important. And he said that he was the true vine and the Father is the vine dresser. Now the vine dresser I defined as a person who cultivates and prunes grapevines to help ensure the vineyard has a successful crop. So I was talking about the vine and the branches and the branches abiding in the vines. But today, I'm going to talk about the vine dresser's dresser's function. So remember that God has a plan. And the analogy of the vine and branches and also that of the olive tree and the branches shows how he's executing that plan. That plan is to save the lost and conform them into the image of his son. When it talks about the loss, it's Jew or non-Jew. It's not specific to the Jew because uh, the Word of God says that the Son of God came to give His life for the whole world. The whole world is not specific to the Jews. The, the, the natural olive tree, the cultivated olive tree, olive tree has the natural branches and, and, the wild, and the wild branches from the wild olive tree. So it's Jews and non-Jews. So the analogy here is that God's plan is to save the lost and conform them into the image of His Son. If the vine dresser wants the best crop, there are things he must do to achieve that and a way the vineyard must look to achieve fruitfulness. Let me repeat that. If the vine dresser, if the father wants the best crop out of the vine and the branches, There are things he must do to achieve that. 
And there is a way the vineyard must look to achieve fruitfulness. That's why the Father is the vine dresser. Jesus says, I am the vine, and the Father is the vine dresser. And he also said, any branch in me that does not bear fruit, he cuts off. And any branch in me that bears fruit, he prunes, he cuts it back so that it will bear more fruit. So the vine dresser is responsible if he wants the best crop, there are things he must do to achieve that. So one of the things he will do is cut off anything in the, on the vine that is unfruitful. And anything on the vine that's fruitful, he's going to cut it back so that it will, be, it will bear more fruit. And there are other things that the vine dresser will do. He will take care of the pests. He will take care of weeds. There are other things. But right now, I just want to focus on, on the branches and, the, and, and those that bear fruit and those that do, does not bear fruit and what the vine dresser will do to ensure that the vineyard, that vine and the branches will produce fruit. So the branches cannot be allowed to grow any old way. If a vine, the vine dresser wants the vine to, be, to produce fruit at its maximum, to you to, for the branches to have efficient use of the, of the vine, the, the branches cannot be allowed to grow any old way. Because there are branches that are, that are unfru un unfruitful, that's taken resources from the vine, and there are branches that are fruitful, that are taken resources from the vine. So you cannot have unfruitful branches taking resources from the vine. So the vine dresser will cut them off. So you cannot allow, the vine dresser cannot allow the branches to grow any old way. He has to have control of the branches. He has to shape it. He has to shape them in a way so that not only that they will look fruitful and produce maximum fruit, but he has to prune it so that it will be fruitful and bear the fruit that he desires. Remember in John 15 too, the pruning is to remove branches that are unproductive and make those which are productive even more productive, as I said. Understand that the mature branch is already bearing fruit from abiding. So he said that the ones that don't bear fruit, I'm going to cut off. The ones that are bearing fruit, I'm going to cut back. So we might think, oh, I am, I am doing what I need to do for God. I'm coming to church. I'm doing this. Yes, I'm bearing fruit. But here what the divine dresser is going to do. He's going to cut it back even more so that you would bear more fruit. The vine dresser is expecting more fruitfulness because he knows something. This is powerful. The vine dresser, even though you're bearing fruit, he cuts you back because he knows the potential of the branch. So he cuts you back so that you can bear more fruit. That is, that is powerful. The branch doesn't know its full potential. The vine dresser knows the full potential of the branch. That's why he, he cuts it back. You understand what I'm saying? He proves it because he knows the potential. He knows what this branch can produce. He knows how much it can produce. The branch doesn't know its potential. The vine dresser knows the potential. Alright, so let's go to Hebrews chapter 12. Let me pick it up from there. Turn to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5. Let's start reading from verse 5. Let me know when they're there, please. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. As it says here, my son, this is from Proverbs 3, 11 through 12, that 
that he is quoting here. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom the father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate, or bastards, and not sons. Furthermore, we have human fathers who correct us, and we pay them respect. But we, shall we not much more readily be subject in subjection to the Father of our spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them. But He, our Father, for our profit, that we may be partakers of His holiness. Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterwards it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. I'm not going to dwell on everything here. There are just certain things I want to focus on. It says here, My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord. Do not get upset and complain when you are being chastened, when you are being pruned, when you are being cut back by the vine dresser. Do not despise it. And don't be discouraged. He says, For whom the Lord loves, he chastens. The vine dresser is cutting back the branch because he, it's not that he loves the branch, he knows the potential of the branch. We are being chastened by the Lord. Because he knows our potential. We do not know our potential innately. The father, the vine dresser, knows our potential. So that's why he is, will cut us back. The cutting back that the vine dresser does is, is analogous to being trained or chastened. So, he said, if you are without chastening, you are illegi illegitimate. So he said, endure chastening. So and when you endure chastening, God deals with you as sons. As mature sons. So endure chastening. Don't be rebellious. Because when you're acting rebellion, you're acting like if you're not a son. Okay. So, the chastening is with purpose and strategic to allow a certain type of fruit to come forth. The vine dresser doesn't haphazardly prune the branch. He's pruning it with a purpose and with something he's trying to achieve strategically for the branch. The branch is not aware of it. All the branch knows is I'm being cut back. I'm being chastened. Whatever it is I'm going to, why do I have to go through this? I am bearing fruit, but you are cutting me back. You are chastening me. You are putting me through all this drama. Why? I am bearing fruit. I am having Bible study. I'm preaching the word. I'm teaching Sunday school. But you're still putting me through all this drama. Why Lord? Why are you putting me through this drama? Why? He's doing it because he knows the potential you have. He knows there's more in you than you know that's in you. He's pruning you. Chastening you. So that there is something else in you he wants to bring out of you. And there are things in you he wants to get rid of. So you want to get rid of things that are inhibiting you or keeping you from reaching your full potential and putting things in you that will 
make you reach your full potential. Glory to God. Because the vine dresser knows the potential of the branch. So the chase thing is with a purpose. And it is strategic to allow a certain type of fruit to come forth. Do you know the vine dresser doesn't prune the, the, vine, the branch anytime he feels like it. There's a specific season where he will prune the, the branch. So when we're going through trials, God doesn't put us through trials every day. There's a specific season that we allow chastening or have us go through trials because in that season there's something He's ready to put in and things He wants to take out of our lives so that we can reach our, our full potential. So that we can reach the next station, the next place in the life that He wants to take us. So as I said, the chastening is with a purpose and it's strategic. It reflects His love. So that we walk in the light and not controlled by darkness. We are loved as legitimate sons and not illegitimate sons. If we are sons and heirs, we have to be trained. If we are sons and heirs, we have to be schooled and trained. To reach our potential because one day we will be required to rule. You cannot rule, you cannot receive your promise if you are not trained on how to handle your promise. So he says here in verse 10, He for our profit. He talk about our natural parents chastening us. What's best to them? But he said, The Lord, the vine dresser, for our benefit, not for his benefit, for our benefit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. He said, No chastening seems to be joyful for the present. It's painful. It's hard to go through stuff that you don't want to go through. It's hard to go through trials. He's not disputing that. He said, but after you, you, you go through, after you come out, it yields the, pea, the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So if you're not rebelling and complaining and you allow yourself to be trained, afterwards, comes out of it, when you come through the other, day, other end, it, you will see the fruit of righteousness. You will see the benefit of why you had to go through what you went through. The chasing is for the benefit of the branch. So when that is cut back, it's to bring forth the right kind of fruit. So you have to understand, since the branch is getting its life from the vine, pruning is the way in which what's in the vine gets expressed through the branch. Let me say that again. The branch is getting its life from the vine. And pruning is the way in which what's in the vine gets expressed through the branch. The branch benefits because it gets to express and experience something it couldn't do on its own. Did you hear what I just said? Oh my God, that is so powerful. <laughs> the branch benefits because it gets to express and experience something that it couldn't do on its own. Because Jesus said, without me you can do nothing. You have to abide in me. And if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will and it shall be done. So that what you ask the vine for, it gets expressed through you so that the Father is glorified. Do you? Oh my God, I hope you get that. So the vine gets to express itself and the branches experience the glory of the vine. That is how we are partakers of His holiness. The life of Christ is expressed through those who are abiding. Because a branch cannot do abide. It cannot produce any fruit. Except it abides in the vine. And the only way that the, what's in the vine gets expressed. Is it can only be expressed through the branches. 
So the branches get to partake of the holiness of the vine because it's abiding. And the fruit of it is the expression of what's in the vine. So that said, we are partakers of His holiness. So we must not despise the training or correction by complaining and becoming discouraged. It is God who is working in us for His pleasure and for our benefit. Oh my God. That's why they said, He is doing it for our profit, for our benefit. So that we will be partakers of His holiness. So it says, it's God that's working in us. He's pruning us so He can work in us for His pleasure and for our benefit. Because His ultimate goal is to shape us into the interproductive branch of His design and foresight. There is an image of who we are to be in Christ. So the Lord is shaping us to fit His design and foresight. What He has already foreknown. He's shaping us to conform to the image which He has already determined us to be like. Did you hear what I just said? So the glory of the vine is not only the look, but the fruit of its abundance. Alright, let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. And let's start at verse 2. Okay, I'm going to read chapter, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and verse 5. You therefore, so he's talking to Timothy, Paul is talking to Timothy and saying, You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And he said in verse 5, And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Paul is telling Timothy, endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And he's giving him an analogy of the athlete. There was one he gave the analogy of a soldier. But I'm, I'm using the one of an athlete. He said, Timothy, you must endure as a good soldier or a good athlete of Jesus Christ. Because if, you, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Oh my God, that is so powerful. Let me just bring it down to where we can understand that. He said, I'm saying the branch cannot bear fruit without going through a process. So, which is to cause it to endure, become hardened condition, which will allow the fruit to come forth. So when the vine dresser prunes the branch, there is healing, there is first there is a shock of losing part of, of, of the branch. Then there is healing that has to take place. And then there will be new buds that will come forth from around that area that has been cut off. And then you have the flowering, the, the leaves and, the, and, and, and more branches and then the flowering and then the fruit. But there is a process it has to go through before it can get to the fruit bearer. The same way he's saying here, Timothy, you have to endure hardship as a good soldier. And he said, talk about the athlete. The athlete has to follow the rules if you're going to win the prize, if you're going to be crowned. So he said, this is the training and the conditioning that's needed for the fruit of righteousness to emerge from our lives. And this holy fruit is expressed in many ways and is the essence of the vine itself. So you think of athletes and think of what they have to go through for the prize. You see, when we looking at the Olympics, and right now it's World Cup, the World Cup soccer, for example, we are only seeing the finished work, but not the process these athletes have to go through to where they, where they are right now in the World Cup. 
We only see the fin- we only see the finished work. Oh, the team is here. We are amazed at how how the skill and how uh, uh, the endurance of these guys and the things they can do on the fly with the ball. But we don't know the process they had to go through to get here. There's a process they have to go through. There are no shortcuts in getting to the world stage. Whether it's the, the, the World Cup or whether it's the Olympics. There are no shortcuts to getting to reach your potential. There are things, there's a process you have to go through. There is conditioning to bring the athlete to a level of performance to reveal his or true potential. And I said, what we see is the fruit of it which reveals their glory at that level. The coaching, the training, the sacrifices is to bring the athlete to this point. We don't see when people have to get up 4 o'clock in the morning and train, run miles and miles to do a marathon or the Tour de France or as I said, a World Cup. We don't see when these individuals are hungry to be on the make the national team or to make whatever team they want. They get up, they do what they have to do to get the training and the conditioning they need to, to be at a level and perform at a level just to qualify to, to represent the country on the World Cup stage. We don't see the suffering. We don't see the pain. We don't see when, they, when their muscles are aching and they have to get massages. They have to soak in cold baths to help relieve any inflammation. We don't see that. We don't see the strict diet these guys, these people have to go through. We don't see the sacrifices they make to get to this level. There's a process that they have to go through to reach their potential. We don't see that. It's the same way with the, vine, the branches. The vine dresser will cut back, even though you're bearing fruit, he will cut back to bear more fruit. Why? Because he knows the potential of the branch. And there's a process that the branch has to go through before it becomes fruitful again. And this is the same as I said for the child of God. The Lord will allow things in our lives to train us, condition us, harden us. If we overcome by enduring faith, the fruit of it will manifest in our lives, showing that we are partakers of His holiness. For example, you go to church, you do whatever you know to do, you pray, you get up in the morning early studying the Word, you're seeking God, but you get laid off from your job. Or whatever is going on, you can't, you can't pay a bill or whatever is going on. Lord, why is this happening? I'm doing everything you want me to do, but why do I have to go through this trial? It's because there are certain things in you he has to prove. He's cutting away. He's cutting away certain things. If you're insecure in your ability that he has given you, if you're insecure and you lack confidence, he will prune things away to make sure that you, that confidence will come and your trust will be in him. And that he will show you that he is your confidence. If you're selfish, if you're greedy, if you're a covetous person, he will prune you to get rid of those things. Greediness, covetousness. If you're a liar, he will prune you. <laughs> because his plan is that he needs to get these things out of you. And put in him the righteousness of himself by the Spirit. So that the fruit that comes from your, from your life will show that you are partaker of his holiness. If you want to bear godly fruit, you have to go through God's process. As I said, this is God's process. This is the process the, the vine dresser requires. There are no shortcuts to going through this process. It's his way. It's his rules. 
It's His plan. There are no shortcuts to bearing fruit. So you have to endure. You have to be conditioned and hardened by the process. And many times, we rebel. Many times, we don't want to do it. But if you love Him, He said, if He said, He does this because He loves you. Because He knows your potential. Because He knows what can come forth from you. If you trust Him, if you partake of His holiness, He knows what can come forth from you that will glorify Him. See, we don't know it, but He knows what we are capable of, of in Christ. As we abide in the vine, He knows what we are capable of, of producing. So it's His way, it's His rules. You can fight and cuss and carry on as much as you want if you don't like what's going on. But you have a choice. You're either going to submit or you're going to stay in the wilderness. You cannot change, you cannot change the, 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 the parameters. You cannot change the narrative. Because it's God who has set everything up. So you either do it His way or you crash and burn. That's just the way it is. But He said, if we don't quit, if we keep abiding, the fruit will be revealed. And many times you want to quit. Many times you want to throw up your hands. Many times you just want to, don't want to be bothered. But, he said, but the Word of God says, if we don't quit, if we keep abiding, the fruit will be revealed. In due season, the Word of God says, we will reap if we don't faint or quit. In due season, we shall reap. We will see the fruit of it if we do not quit. When Jesus said in Matthew 7.14, Narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. He wasn't joking. He was not joking. Because when you are being pruned, you have to do it God's way. You don't have to do it His way. But it's highly recommended that you do it His way. Because the Bible says, I lay before life and death, blessing and cursing. He said, choose life. You have a choice. You can choose to do it His way or do it your way. But He said, if you're wise, you do it my way. You follow my rules. Because when you follow my rules, the fruit that you produce will be an expression of, the, of your abide, when you abide in the vine. It's be an expression of what's in the vine. It's an expression of what's in the Father. The fruit that comes forth is not, the, not your fruit. It's the fruit of, of the Father. It's the fruit of the Spirit. So he was not joking when he said, narrow is the gate. And difficult is the way. You have to want Him. You have to pursue Him. You have to put, put up with a lot. You have to put up with a lot. But the reward at the end is a crown of life. And I'm going to end with this. I'm going to read this. You don't have to turn in. Revelation chapter 3, verse 21. John said by the Spirit. He said here, To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. And I also as I also overcame, and sat down with my Father on his throne. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. When the vine dresser is pruning, if you don't rebel, you will overcome. Because you are being schooled and trained. And the peaceable fruit that will come forth, if you allow yourself to be chastened and trained, it will come forth. And that will show that you have overcome. You didn't quit. You didn't give up. And in Revelations 
20, Revelation chapter 1, verse 7. Let me just read that also. He who overcomes shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So the wine dresser expects the, expect the branch to endure because the, bran the branch has to understand that trust the vine dresser knows what he's doing. So when we are pruned, if we don't quit, we will overcome. We will come through the chasing. We will come through it. And we will know our Father's ways. And we will be more, more like Him. Because we, we are His ambassadors to Christ. Oh my God. So everything ties together. So understand. He said, endure, Timothy. Endure chastening as a good soldier. So we are to endure. We are to stand firm in the faith and don't quit and don't give up. But in the midst of it, trust God because He knows our potential. He knows what we are capable of. We must not quit. We must not give up. We not, must not allow our feelings and the things of this world to distract us so that we will lose focus and lose our faith. Because if you lose your faith, you're not abiding in the vine. And it's guaranteed you cannot bear fruit if you're not abiding. 